Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking, Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how you doing, brother? Good, Jeremy. How about you? Oh, I'm doing good. Good. Breathing all the smoke we got. We're blanketed in smoke from the wildfires again, but yeah, what do you do, hey? Eh. Eh. And the, oh, uh, um, how did the accompaniment go last week after the show? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That went good. Um, well, actually, I don't know. I, I, I had to leave. I was out in the shop, so I didn't hear it, but I think it went good. Because, yeah, she had um, the first... Well, when I came in the house, she wasn't crying, so I guess yeah. it went okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, so she had, like, the first part of it. I don't, I don't know how this all works, all this music stuff, but um, the first part of it was accompanied, and then, so, like, the boys were outside playing basketball, and I just said, you guys got to get away from the house and be quiet. And then the person left, and then they come in. I wasn't here. Steph was inside just in her in her room. And like the boys start stomping around the kitchen and Steph's like, what are you doing? It's like, well, she's done. It's like, no, now she's doing her solo part. <laughs> so, ay, ay, ay. <laughs> Fun stuff. But, you know, I don't, I don't know where uh, Steph or Ava gets her music abilities from because I'm not musical and Steph isn't musical. But, man, it's like most piano, like the different grades that they have, like eight, nine, ten. Most people take two years to complete one. And she's like doing one a year. And she just, it's crazy. She's actually doing, the, the stuff she's doing right now, she actually gets college credits for it. She's, uh, she's I think right now she's certified that she's allowed to teach piano. And under grade eight or six, I don't know. And she's only been playing for two years. Like she literally just picked it up and started playing. It's just crazy, man. But... Oh, excuse me. I had to adjust yeah, my I chair. went to school with a girl that uh, got a free ride eventually to Juilliard. Oh, wow. Um, she could just pick up an instrument and play it. Hmm. Not I mean, not right away. I mean, she could pick up an instrument, familiarize herself with it. If she saw someone play mm-hmm. it who was proficient, all you know, it's all done then. That's she crazy. She could just play it. And she had an ear... Um, or music. But anyway. Do you play any instruments? I have, uh, I love music. Mm-hmm. I know what good music is. I've actually written a song. Really? But I cannot play an instrument if my life depended on it. Hmm. And I've tried. Yeah. Um, I really want to, I've always wanted to play acoustic guitar. And I absolutely love Spanish guitar. Oh, yeah. That sound. Yeah. And I've always wanted to play it, but because of my uh, left arm, I just can't because it doesn't rotate. It's a congenital birth defect. There's nothing. It rotates farther one way than most people's, but not far enough the other way to be able to use the fretboard. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I must have been sitting on my wrist when I was in the womb or something. Like yeah, that. that's right. Right on. 
Oh, yeah. So you been doing anything uh, cool this last week? No, I've been on snake watch. Any more uh, since uh, since last Friday? Uh, nothing venomous. Oh, okay. Since last Friday, but the uh, the porch dweller, you know, was still around, and then uh, I could see him at right at dark, say um, eight forty five, nine o'clock mm-hmm. every night. Wow. Somewhere on the porch or the back of the love seat. And, uh, but I mean, he's just, he's harmless. So I've been trying to convince the wife unit that he can stay. Hmm. And, uh, then day before yesterday, uh, yeah, Wednesday night, he was underneath the rose bush curled up and, hmm. uh, so I put down more snake away, which is mothball stuff, and he, you know, sauntered off. Hmm. Haven't seen him since, but he's probably on the other end. He's right in front of the, and right beside the actual concrete porch. I have a ton of that stuff, and it messes with their smell, and they hmm. don't like it. Yeah, yeah. But, hey, right before the show started, I walked over to the big bay. The it's not a bay window, but it's a as big as a bay window. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bay out. It's flat here in the office. And uh, there was a turkey standing there. Oh, really? Right on the other side of the glass. He was like, "Hey, what's up? Huh? Hey, can you put some clothes on? I'm trying to <laughs> trying to eat out here." That's funny. <laughs> Just kidding, people. I don't walk around naked, as far <laughs> as you know. Um. So you got you got have a lot of turkeys around there. We used to have a lot. Now there's like four or five that we see at any given time. Hmm. <clears throat> that f- second year we were here, there was like 14 hens hmm. that walked around together. Oh, wow. Yeah, not so much now. Hmm. Had a new baby deer born this week. Oh, wow. Tiny, like the size of a cat. Hmm. I'm like, I've never seen a baby you know, deer come out that tiny. That's and. Cool. Two and a half full days later, it was still tiny. Because normally that first week, you know, they at least grow a hand or so. Mm-hmm. But nope. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah, we got a stupid deer around here. The weird thing is, like, it's always by itself. Because there's we have herds that cruise around and stuff. And this one deer has some weird things on its ears. It's like It's like its ears are normally shaped. And then it's got, like, little... Probably little four-inch things hanging off the top of each ear. It's really strange, and I haven't. I had like I, I think you'd have to know what it was, or you'd have to get your hands on it. But this deer has like eaten Steph's rose bushes. Like Steph planted rose bushes. Two days later, she went out and they're chewed to the ground. And this deer, I don't know why, it doesn't leave our place, and it sleeps in the dugout. It likes to bed down there, and then there's water there. And then most mornings I can go out and it'll be in the dugout and it, it's not afraid. Like I, I, I walk up to it and I'll be like 20 feet away yelling at it and it'll just slowly walk away. I'm like, you stupid deer. But, um, you know, the, the bummers come bow season. <laughs> as soon as we open the front door, it's going to run away. Ugh. But yeah, no, it's a weird, it's a weird deer. Like, and they're kind of floppy. It looks like, it looks like he, somebody, 
when I was a kid, we used to like take socks and, and put them like mostly off, put them on, but then pull them almost all the way off. So we pretended they were like our scuba diving flippers. Yeah. That's what it's like. It's like, he's got some socks hanging off his ear and they flop, <laughs> they flop around. I'm like, they're, they're just enough to barely stay up. So they actually stick up. So at first I was like, what kind of type of a rack is that? But it's something growing off the end of its ear and it's very flat. It's just weird, man. But yeah, no, I'm thinking I might have to, I think, I don't know if you can get in big trouble for this, but I want to chase it with my drone. <laughs> like I, I want it to be afraid of being around here. Cause it's like, there's a couple plants, there's roses and then two other types that deer love. And they can smell them and they can't resist them. And Steph planted like the roses and then one, I forget what the name of the other plant is. It ate, just chewed them to the ground. Little jerk face. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just, uh, right now I'm working on some knives. Got some six Nitro V blades I threw into liquid nitrogen last night. So I'll work on those. And yeah, doing a video about it, I guess. I don't know, a casual video. I think that's how, I, th I think that's what you need to do now. It's just casual videos. But who knows? Yeah. I was um, watching a, um, it, it's laughable to me, but I guess it's not to these guys, but they're, uh, Arguing because one YouTube creator, all he does is, um, like, outlandish fake news for the Star Wars world. Oh, okay. Um, like, I mean, in, <laughs> like, Disney Studios, you know, hey, this person's getting fired because they suck, you know, okay. whatever. Right? Yeah. And uh, there's the one guy I watch occasionally, Star Wars Theory, who's done... Uh, he's covered the lore, the books. You know, he's a big fan of George Lucas, not Disney. And, well, anyway, he did a parody of this other guy's work. And now that guy's all mad at him. And it's hilarious to me. It's funny. Cause yeah. like, and the, the one guy, Theory, he's like, I believe you should be able to do whatever content you want to do. <clears throat> You know, you shouldn't be forced into a corner where you only you can only do one kind of content. Uh, he goes, no, if you know, because it gets boring doing that mm -hmm. one, and no one's interested or should be interested in seeing the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, TikTok has proven that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. But you don't even have to have TikTok to see TikTok now. Really. Because they repost it to Facebook, Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, YouTube. Yeah. Really? I don't want to see this. Yeah. Have you heard of, what's the new one, Threads? No. So it's uh, it's the new, it's basically Twitter, but from Meta. Oh, yeah. I didn't, I don't, I knew they had one. And I know that... Uh, Old Elon uh, lost his stuff laughing at it, but um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. How and, dare you put yeah. out something that 
you're not going to censor. <gasps> we'll have to come up with our own. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, I don't know. It's like, I, I was listening to some other podcasts talk about it. And, um, you know, I don't, I got, and I don't know how, somehow I got banned from Twitter, like years ago. And I, I think, I don't know if you could report, like maybe somebody was arguing with me about something and it, it's not like, I don't remember what I said, but it's not like I ever said anything that would be like crossing the line. Like I wasn't swearing at them. There's nothing like threatening. I was just like, no, you're being absolutely ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. It was an argument. And then all of a sudden I couldn't, I was, I was banned. And I tried for a couple times to use different names and I've, nope, nope, nope. And I'm like, whatever, this is dumb. So I had, and this was back like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, like way back when Twitter was fairly new. Um, it, was, it was really popular among photographers. We'd like share pictures of our work and this and that. And that's how we got, how we contacted each other and stuff. But um, yeah, and then I was kind of like, oh, whatever. So I was like, I don't know. I saw this thing, like when you look on Instagram at somebody's profile, it has that little squiggly line and then a little number that, that's their threads account. And so I, you click that and all you have to do is basically sign up and then use your information from Instagram and it transfers everything. So I was like, sure, why not? So I'm signed up on threads. And then as soon as I signed up, I already have 99 followers somehow. So that's crazy. But I don't know. It's, um, I think the kind of cool thing about it <clears throat> and the thing with Twitter too is it was always more of a place where you could actually have like a little mini conversation. Like you could ask a question and then people would actually chat back and forth. Whereas Instagram is kind of like showing what you're doing or like, hey, here's what I just made. And people comment or this or that or they, but it's not a place where there's, there's not really any conversations happening, you know? So I don't not know. publicly. Yeah, yeah. That's true. You got your messages and your groups or whatever. I don't, whatever that crap is. But I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm debating on leaving Meta completely. Yeah. Cause I a long time ago I'd lost my Twitter account too, and I got a a message. I got a message. I never even tried to get it back. But uh like Three years later, I got a message um, that, oh, yeah, your 30-day suspension's up. Really? <laughs> Deleted my account. But yeah. no, I, it was all back. Like, it never even happened. Really? It was just a three-year lapse. I'm like, that's weird. Huh. I mean, weird. And then Elon was, um, the new Twitter, was saying if, you know, the old Twitter deleted you or whatever, just let them know. Yeah. And they'll look into it. Hmm. He was, he had a whole section of people he like reassigned from uh like censoring and deleting accounts to putting them back mm, yeah <laughs> i don't want to do this you want a job oh, okay yeah that's funny oh yes <clears throat> it's just i don't know the world is just crazy oh, i yeah. mean like not funny haha crazy Getting um, dumb. The most secure building in the world can't figure out who brought in cocaine crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a wild one out there, eh? Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, man. 
Yeah, no, I'm, Stampede's getting ready to wrap up, which is good. It's crazy how busy it is, man. Like, oh. So they set a, a record for the most pancakes served in, I think, under three hours. And it was 17,000 pancakes served <laughs> or something like that. It's actually a world record they set. And they were trying to set it. They're like, okay, we got to serve a whole boatload. So whatever. I could have been totally wrong with that number. That's the number I heard. But, man, it is just... You know what? Steph and I, we looked into what it would cost for our family to get to the Stampede. And if all six of us went, <clears throat> just to park and get in the gate is $160. Isn't it stupid? Yeah. And, and when you say get in the gate, that's not like, oh, you're at Disneyland. Now you get to go on the rides. You don't get to do anything. Like, if you want rides, that's separate. If you want food, that's separate. People say you can't get any, not a single thing to drink for less than five bucks, and that's a bottle of water. For five bucks. <gasps> like, I've heard a lot of people say, if you want to go there with your family, plan on spending, it, like, just to be able to do a little bit of stuff, it's going to cost you at least 500 bucks on the day. I'm like, that's outrageous, man. That is uh -huh. dumb. They served more than 17,000 pancakes in eight hours to break the world record by more than 2,900 pancakes. Oh, okay. Eight hours. Never mind. That's not that impressive. Come on, the slackers. Must have been a lot of Americans up there. Why is that? You're fat people. <laughs> oh, we got lots of fat people, too. <laughs> Come on. Don't, don't take that away. <laughs> I thought that was only in the middle part where they spoke that other language. Oh, no. Got fat people the, the surrender language. No. No, after COVID, man, everybody's fat. <laughs> it's true. Ay, ay, ay. You guys have uh, Amazon Prime Days out there, don't you? Or down yeah. there, I should say. Yeah. You buy anything on Prime Days? <laughs> no. Okay. They like, never have anything I want. Now, they, you know, because they normally just, what have you been searching for lately? And they find products related to it or quote unquote, just like it. Mm -hmm. Well, did I search for that? No, that's not what I want. Yeah. yeah. No. We, um, so kids have like, my parents give the kids Amazon gift certificates for their birthday. And they usually just save them until there's something they want. And so Ava had some money left on hers. And I think Foster did and went to town. Like it was ridiculous. I think they placed like 31 orders on, on the last day because it was two days, right? Um, and the gave was like, oh, Pringles are on sale. I'm going to get a, a tube of Pringles. And like, so, and the thing, the thing that's annoying is that all the emails come to my email address. And so I wake up, like, I normally don't get a lot of emails. And that's kind of how I like it. Like, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and check my emails and I'll have like two. And I'm like, oh, wow, busy morning. I wake up now and there's like 21 emails and it's all like order confirmation, shipping confirmation. I'm like, oh, it's driving me nuts. And then it's like every day the Amazon guy comes and drops like three or four or five boxes off. They drop off a little box. It's probably like eight inches by eight inches cubed. And you open it up and it's one little thing of nail polish in there. <laughs> you know, and then there's another box the same size. Oh, it's another thing of nail polish. It is unreal. I think I think if the environmentalists want to fight something valid, they should fight the way that Amazon packages things, you know? And it's not just Amazon. Everybody, yeah. Yeah. When it, it really it's easier too. You take a thing of nail polish, you wrap a whole like take a sheet of paper, crunch it around it, throw it in a box tape it, send it out. 
You know what I mean? Rather than finding an appropriate size box, putting a little bit of bubble wrap. But yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Well, I um, the worst one I've personally seen, I took a picture of it years ago um, and posted it. It was, I bought, I had, you know, you sometimes on Amazon, you'll buy something in a certain category and they'll give you, oh yeah, you get credit over here. You can spend any way you want. Okay. Right. Well, every once in a while, and I don't know why, because I don't have a business account. They'll tell me, oh, you can have one of these. You've got five bucks to spend or $15 to spend. And you can buy one of these four products. In that case, it was super glue. They had super glue. And I was like, oh, wow, actually, I need some. Um, and they sent a one tube of Gorilla Super Glue in a box that was three feet by three feet <laughs> by three feet. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> I bet that guy did it just for fun. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. <laughs> That's actually quite impressive that it made it without being crushed. Oh, it was gnarly when it got Was here. it? Wow. Yeah. And because uh, I've gotten a box that was completely empty and one whole side of the box was missing. It was ripped out. Mm. And uh, let Amazon know and they're like, okay. Yeah. Mm. I, I've only ever had one problem with Amazon and that's been this year when... Danette wanted me to order her something. I did. It was coming from China. It's still not here, and I still don't have my money back. Hmm. Because it was one of those weird sellers that you can't contact. Yeah, yeah. And I went through, um, you know, I went straight to Amazon because it wasn't giving me any, um, any way of contacting the seller. And Amazon's like, oh, well, this category of seller – you have to contact them first. Okay, you tell me how. And I finally actually got a hold of a person, and they're like, "Yeah, you're right. It doesn't. They're not following the rules. Hmm. They're not giving you a way to con. Yeah, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, really. That's crazy. Already, <clears throat> but you know, after all these years, I've had that one issue. You know, it wasn't like it was for five hundred bucks. It still matters to me, but in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, yeah. I've had way more problems out of other people in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it actually is amazing how, like, it's just crazy. Like, you'll see them. Like, there'll be, you'll, there'll be like a fleet of like 10 Amazon delivery trucks in a row just heading down the road. I'm like, it is insane. Like, I couldn't even imagine the logist, like, how it all works. Like, it's it's kind of mind-blowing when you think about it, you know? It's just nuts. And then out here, Amazon uses, like, they don't have their own Amazon delivery drivers. They use a company called Intelcom. And it's always, like, people that own a minivan could be driver for them. And, man, some of these guys are so rude. It's just like, oh, chill out, you know? Yeah. I know I used to work with somebody in the Air Force that was an Amazon driver um, after they retired. Yeah, just extra money, something to do during the day. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is going to get hilarious. I'm saying it to myself. This is going to get hilarious because I know the person, not well, not perfectly, but well enough to know they're going to get frustrated. 
because that's the kind of person they are, and they're going to start demolishing people's stuff. <laughs> and uh, they, the person really hated returns because I don't know why they didn't complain about delivering the stuff to begin with, but returns, oh, because they only return to people things that are, you know, too heavy, mm-hmm. you know, to pick up. Yeah. And, and, you know, whatever. I don't care. But, hmm. um, yeah, but whatever. That's crazy. But I guess if you're going to destroy somebody's stuff, at least do it on a return. Yeah. And not a delivery. Yeah. I don't condone it either way, but still. <clears throat> yeah. If you just have to. That's right. You can't resist. Yeah. I will tell you one thing, though. Some of these, uh, you know how every once in a while you'll get ads on your social media? I know it's not every day, every page, everything you look at. But every once in a while, you know, you get a little ad here and there. Mm-hmm. One of our brothers in, um, in the local area has a, like cerebral palsy or something. Oh, okay. And Walmart and Facebook decided he wanted to look at coffins. No way. And he po- he you know took screenshots and posted it. And he thinks it's funny. I think it's funny. But there's some people out there that don't think it's so funny. And that's, we're like, well, grow a sense of humor. Will you? That's yeah, actually funny. That's crazy. I, the, One, I didn't know Walmart sold coffins. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> For reals? Huh. I wonder if Amazon has coffins. Yes, they do. They do? Or they used to. Because I was actually going to buy one for a desk. <laughs> Get one delivered. Just getting ready. It's coming for all of us. We may as well be prepared. Yeah, I wanted to build, buy, buy one and make it a desk. Yeah. But like you had the lid open, and that's where the monitors would go. <laughs> and then put a piece of my uh, like acrylic or something over the opening as a desktop yeah. and have like a, uh, <laughs> put a, a body, meat laying a body in the in coffin, there. you know, <laughs> and now that there's a place in New York where you can get yourself 3d printed. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> yeah. People would be weirded hey, Todd, out if they I saw that. Office? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. Zoom meeting, sit here. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. It was funny. You know, I got a call from FedEx yesterday saying that there's a shipment coming to me. I have no clue what it is. Oh, yeah, you do. No, I don't. Oh, sure. It's a laser. No, that's all right. That's UPS. Oh, okay. There's a FedEx coming. And the laser is supposed to be here Thursday. And this FedEx came from distribution center. And I'm like, what is this? That's always Maybe weird. It's the, you know, some, a part of it. Yeah, I'm wondering that. I'm wondering that. Because do they have a big Amazon distribution center in Knoxville that you know of? Oh, yeah. Oh, they do? Yeah. They oh, have okay. uh, Knoxville, <clears throat> Nashville, a couple other places. They're going to have one here locally. Um, as soon as they're, it's like the size of that warehouse is like a city. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, because I get one of these, like, as a call from a toll free service, and I was driving, so I couldn't answer it. And um, then there's a message, like, this is FedEx and has a tracking number. And 
It's like, we have a delivery for blah, 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 coming from distribution center in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm like, this is weird. But I got a call. I got a important duty or whatever like that. So I got a, you check in, they give you the link to a website and then you can make a secure payment to ensure delivery is not delayed. It's supposed to be delivered today. But it's like, you call me at like six o'clock last night. I was driving home with Chinese food. <laughs> you know, it's like weird. Maybe it's another TS Prof knife sharpener. They like you. Oh, you're right. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. I have one. <laughs> did, did we talk about We didn't even talk about that. No. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. So they have a new one, a new model. Oh, shoot. What is it again? Let me. T- <laughs> That is actually really funny. That is a so they have a new one called the Pioneer. Yeah, no, that's hilarious because on Monday they emailed me on Friday or Saturday, and on Monday I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Let's do it. That's yeah, man, I'm glad you're smart, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they've they've got a new one and it's supposed to be like an. I think it's like their it's their budget line and I think it's even more budget than the Cadet. So, but they're like, would you like to see it and then do a review of it? I'm like, sure. Yeah, that's, that's what I do. I'll take it. And it comes with another set of stones, diamond stones. So that'll be good. So, and actually right now I'm building a, a knife sharpening station. So I took, uh, I don't know. We didn't talk about last week, did we? No. So I took an old airport baggage diverter. Because it had a really nice heavy steel frame. It's basically like a, like a, a stain or a, a steel box made of ankle iron and really stout. And I thought, you know what, that would be a good workbench if you just put legs on it. And so, but I had to get all the guts out. And it has this huge, like a big five horsepower motor with a big, huge gearbox on it that I think would be kind of cool to use as like a rolling mill if I ever wanted to go that way or or whatever. But there's a whole bunch of bearings and arms and connecting linkage rods and like, I don't know, I'd say bolts that are probably inch and a quarter bolt, inch and a quarter diameter bolts, like big honk and like probably 16, 18 inches long. And so anyways, I got all that stuff out of there. And then I want to have every knife sharpener that I use, which is pretty much all of them set up permanently. So it's like, cause right now everything's on a shelf and it's like, oh, I'm going to use, depending on the knife. I like different systems for different blades, you know? And so I use all my, well, I'll say all. I use the TS Profs, the Wicked Edge, probably the least. And then my paper wheels. And then what else do I have? I think that's pretty much it. I mean, I've got like three, I still have three Wicked Edge or TS Prof sharpeners. Like I still have two cadets, I think. And then I've got the big K03. But um, yeah, it's like, be nice to have each one set up and like the stones out, everything ready. So it's like, oh, I'm just going to touch this up, just go to it, you know. So that's what I'm building right now. And then this will be perfect. Now I got another knife sharpener. That's so funny you thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> Were you shocked when I was like, oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Did you look at, did you look at their new one there yet? I did. Uh, yeah. Just a simple like. But it's still 300 bucks. I mean, they are 
well made and machining does cost money. That's true. That's true. Yeah. When you look at it like that, especially like, oh, what's that one? The, the work sharp, the one that has little belts. Like that's just injection molded plastic, you know? And um, not all that precise, whereas these are pretty nice. And while the uh, Wicked Edge is w- incredibly well made, it's not, it l- lacks something in execution. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, and I blame it on their abrasive. Do you? Those diamond stones are just suck. You have a Wicked um, Edge? Do what? You have a Wicked Edge? I do, and I, I, I spent a lot of money on it and, yeah. and used it a, a dozen times because it sucked. Yeah. I mean, it really did. Hmm. And then I I even went so far as to contact them and said, hey, here's the issue I'm having. They're like, oh, yeah, you got to use the, those stones like, you know, 100 times or 300 times, break them in. And yeah, that, I remember that. I'm like, really? Really? You're selling something. That somebody has to ruin a hundred knives before it even starts working right. Yeah. But yeah, that's anyway. odd. Yeah, no one. Like, I, I mean, I, the Wicked Edge. Yes, it's a good, it's a good system, but <clears throat> I don't know. It's the, that's the only one knife sharpener that I've actually cut myself badly on, and I think part of the thing is because you're doing both sides, so both hands. You know, they each have a stone, and that kind of makes it feel like it's faster. You keep going, keep going, but then, I don't know, I find I'm not, I I think it is more dangerous, just that very operation, whereas if you have, you know, one hand, when I'm doing the Wicked Edge, I have one hand usually just holding the base, and um, I'm just, you're, you're moving one hand, and you're watching one stone travel, and so you only have to keep an eye on one of your hands. And then you flip it over and then you do the other side. And you can, you know, this many strokes on this side, this many strokes on that side. I, I find it's actually safer than a Wicked Edge. The Wicked Edge, you just... And next thing you know, like, I was coming up. I was, uh, it was like a minimalist EDC, I think. I pushed it forward and I was bringing it back and I stuck it into my thumb. And it went deep, man. Like, it went deep. I felt it in the bone. It's like, ooh. Right below my, just like above where my nail is. Oh, that hurts so bad. But, well, I'm glad, I'm glad you helped me figure out what this mystery package was. Glad I could help. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what this one's like. Yeah, actually, I guess when you look at it, 300 bucks, that's not that bad. But. You know, not in today's world with all the issues we're having and... Mm-hmm. You know, they Russia has a war to finance, so, you know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what kind of... Oh, too soon? <laughs> no, I wonder how many people are going to freak out. How dare you support Russia? It's like, shut up. It's funny because uh, my contact there, his name is Victor. And he's like, yes, if I want to. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And then they have an affiliate marketing thing now too, so I guess I can earn 7%. I'm like, sure, why not? Um, who knows if it mean, it's going to add up to anything, but why not? And he's like, oh, it's so great to keep continue working with you. And he said, because uh, it looks like we've been work. How long has it been? Like six years? He's like, you've been working with TS Prof for longer than I've been employed here, you know? <laughs> and it's like, 
Yeah, it's kind of true. Or maybe it's four years. I forget. But, you know, people get all mad. It's like, how dare you support this Russian company? And it's like, I've been working with them for a long time, you know? So just chill out. Well, that not everybody, the majority of Russians aren't for this crap anyway. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody. I didn't even know they were Russian. Um, I mean, they've been here pretty much their whole life. Um, they're older than me, and they came when they were 15. So yeah. no, no hint of an accent. And I asked about that, and they're like, well, you know, when you live in Middle Tennessee, you, you get rid of that really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you get tired of the looks. But uh, um, he was like, yeah, you know, they – Russians, there are a lot of jokes about it, he said, you know, going back 100 years. But, you know, a real Russian doesn't tend to, you know, cry about governments coming and going. They just want to be left alone. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Russia's like America in that, you know, being a Russian is a, it's a way of life. It's not a government. Yeah. And it should never be a government. Yeah. Hundred percent. Whatever. Yeah. This was five years ago. I did a my first video with him <clears throat> with TS Prof. So it's like, yeah, people can say what they want, but they're gonna. Yep. They're yeah, gonna they say whatever they want, regardless of fact or circumstance. Yeah. You know, the funny thing was, is that I ironically is when I got my last one. My last one or my second last one? Anyways, when it was delivered, it was delivered to my neighbor's house who were from Ukraine. <laughs> and, Oops. and it was like, it was like, ah, this accidentally came. They saw the Russian on it and I was talking to him. He goes, oh, what's this? I says, oh, it's this company in Russia. They make knife sharpeners. He goes, oh, that's so cool. He didn't care. Nope. Right? He's like, that's cool. And I was like, yeah, I've been doing videos with them for a long. And this was literally two weeks after the war broke out and, uh, people had a little hairy conniption fit when I made that video, and it, and he's like, "Oh, that's cool." He goes, "It's nice, you're you know, it's nice they send you this stuff." I'm like, "Yeah," and it's like, "There you go." <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not, it's so so silly. But. It's like uh, <clears throat> you know, people that get bent out of shape because I insulted you. Yeah, and you and I are joking. You knew it was a joke. I knew it was a joke. That's how I meant it. It's none of nobody else's business. But then they go on this worldwide campaign to cancel me because I joke to you. Mm-hmm. And it's none of nobody's business, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so silly. Don't tell me how I should react to something. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so I guess that'll be... Uh... <clears throat> a video I can do soon. Yeah. New. Be awesome. Yeah. And then I can't wait. Oh, man, I'm so excited to get a laser. I'm just like, oh. You know, if I can, like, oh, shoot. have Do you follow Knives by Nuge on Instagram? No. So he's a retired police officer. I don't know. Somewhere around New York City, I think. And he's got full-time knife making. And he had followed me, and I've heard some folks talk about him. He actually made his knives. His knives are very simple, very plain. 
but I think he's figured out a way to make a whole bunch of them. But he was on the cover of Blade magazine, I think. Three of his blades made it, which is really cool. But he has a laser, and, and sometimes he'll just show, like, engraving stuff. And I'm like, man, that is so slick. Like, I've done knives for, like, groomsmen gifts. The The groom will buy, order, like, three knives for his groomsmen. And then he wants, like, the date of their wedding on the spine. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. It makes sense. Or he'll, he'll have the guy's name and, and something. And so I've made those little stencils before. And they're such, it is so time-consuming to do that. Like, it... It probably takes like at least an hour a blade. By the time you make it, you get it all figured out and you get it placed on there. Because at this point when you're doing this, everything's done, right? <laughs> like if you mess it up, the whole blade is messed up. But uh, he's got, he just puts in a little drill press clamp, sticks his laser over top of it. <laughs> like even the spine of like a, a knife puts like just amazingly clear dates and, and lettering. And oh, it's really cool. And then I'd like to, on every knife, I'd like to start etching the steel type in there too. Just, it just, it seemed, I've, I've done it a few times, like with my electro etching, but again, it's just a pain in the butt. And then electro etching has potential to go wrong. Like if you don't get that thing stuck down fully and it's, you know, if there's any way any of that liquid can seep underneath it, it will. And now you've got this big streak that's like, ugh, it's just, man... It's kind of cool how electro etching works, but I it's my least favorite thing in knife making because I've ruined blades with it and it's slow and I'm like when I'm when I'm thinking about it, I see like what Knives by Nuge is doing, I'm like, why on earth have I waited so long? Like like why didn't I just buy a laser by now? You know? So hopefully expensive good yeah. ones are because they go from like you know, affordable, but they're cheap. They don't do anything. They're not going to do what you want them to do. And then you find out, okay, what is it that I want to do? And where do I think I'll be getting to? So that's the kind of, you know, future purchase I need to do, uh, you know, for capability. Okay, how much are those? 60, great. What? No, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so I don't even know what this one's... So the base base price of this one that they're sending me is twelve hundred bucks US, but then that's with that was with a twenty watt laser. But they're also sending me the forty watt laser, and then air assist and all this the extension kit. I don't know what all it is, but yeah, I guess they're not cheap. But they 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 make some that like have you seen those little lasers that basically it's like for small objects. Like, you know, I, I think the print area is like less than six inches by six inches. And you just basically stitch something under there and then... But, man, some of those look pretty cool. And those aren't that expensive. But... Yeah, I was <clears throat> looking at one a while back that will do um, teeny tiny little things. I mean, tiny. Like the head of a pen, tiny. And, but then it'll also, you know, you change out a couple of um, quick change components and then you can do um, cutting through, you know, sizable material mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. And they were, uh, I think that was the one that was almost 30 grand. Hmm. I 
I don't even know what kind of laser technology it used. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know what, uh, if diode laser is better than CO2. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know too much about lasers. Yeah, I, th- I think that diode is <clears throat> the cheapest and the least powerful. Mm-hmm. I think once you get, because they're sending me a 40-watt diode laser, and they said that currently that's the most powerful diode laser you can buy. And I think once you get up above 40 watts, it turns to CO2 or... Yeah. I think, I don't know. Yeah, and like I say, I don't know anything about it either. Um, but... I, I downloaded Xtools software, and it actually looks fairly easy to use. And it's kind of cool because uh, it works. You can do it from your computer. And I was worried that a lot of these like CNC-type things, a lot of them you have to use a PC for. And I'm like, I don't want to have to get a stupid little PC just to use this. But yeah, no, they've got Mac software, and they've got iPad, iPhone software. And I've seen videos, a lot of people say it actually, if you want to just do basic engraving on stuff, you can literally just do it from your phone and then you just send it wirelessly to this laser and they say it works flawlessly. Or you can plug in with USB, whatever you want. But And then they're giving me like extension reels so it can do bigger. I think it's like three foot by two foot I can etch. I don't remember. But we'll see. And then even like... Like, so Steph will sell like wooden spoons in her Etsy shop and then people can put custom messages on them and like, oh, like Grammy, your cooking's the best or whatever, um, something like that. But I was like, this thing actually does mild contours too. And so I'm like, <laughs> you could <laughs> like, so what Steph does now and, and she'll do it like you can put it in your own, in your kid's own handwriting. So people send a picture of a little note in their kid's handwriting. Steph will take that. Um, like digitize it or whatever, create a vinyl stencil that's about the thickness of a pencil writing, put that onto the spoon, draw it all in pencil, and then wood burn it all. And it's kind of cool because it literally looks like the kid did it, like it's in their own their own handwriting, but it's a lot of work for Steph. And so I think she charges decent for these wooden spoons. And I was like, I think now we just take that that picture they send you and put that into the thing, and then the laser will just laser it in their handwriting, you know? So then it's like, okay, now we can sell these for a more reasonable price because <laughs> we're not taking near as long on them. So you watch, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start lasering every single thing. I'm going to be so annoying. <laughs> Everything's going to be engraved. I'm going to engrave my toast in the morning. <laughs> Put homestead knives. <laughs> yep. Fun stuff. I know the only person I know personally before now that had any kind of engraver thing um, was a late, the like first generation of the desktop lasers that people were getting to do like um, coffee tumblers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the gun club I joined in Maryland, one of the guy's wives uh, did a business like that, and she only engraved one thing. She started to do any personalized message you wanted, but she sold so many of this one saying, she just did that. Mm -hmm. And she wound up, uh, because she had made a deal with her husband that, you know, this is a, a side gig of her, just a hustle. Mm-hmm. So 
And he's like, all the money's yours, whatever. And uh, so she bought herself a brand new Corvette in the first year, paid cash for it. And then the second year, she bought him a a $31,000 or $32,000 bass boat. Oh, wow. And this is what it said. And she would engrave the same saying on a bunch of things, you know, keychains, coffee mug, whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. But it just said, roses are red, violets are blue. I want a divorce because I hate you. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. Wow, that's kind of a dark, dismal <laughs> thing to build a business off. <laughs> no, I think not just that you built one, that but that you there was enough public interest in that. Yeah. That she's that successful. That's and then about two years later, two or three years. Three years. It was th- her third year. It really f- started to fall off. Mm-hmm. So she just came up with something else. Hmm. But That's crazy. Huh, yeah. Yeah, side hustles are kind of crazy, hey? You know, that's that's how Steph started her Etsy. Um, she's like, ultimately, she's, she wanted to find a way just to pay for Ava's dance which I think was like 300 bucks a month. She's like, if we could just pay for Ava's dance and it's just one bill we don't have to worry about. <clears throat> and it goes from that into uh, a, a business, you know, a lot more than just paying for dance. But Yeah. Yeah. Good old side hustles. Yeah, you owe all the success to Ava because she wanted to <laughs> That's right, that's right. Yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, well, I, um, oh, you know what I meant to do before this podcast? I meant to take those knives out of the liquid nitrogen. Oh, well. That way I could, uh, could be thought out. Takes a while. Takes like a good 45 minutes for them to warm back up from minus 320 or whatever it is. I imagine. Yeah. It always looks so cool. Seeing them all frost up like that. I would not ever warm back up. <laughs> yeah, from that. Yeah, and then Steph yesterday decided to, well, she painted the front door of her house because my, my parents had a bright, almost like a blood red, but a mildly brighter version. Like, And it's like kind of dark blue siding on her house. Um and so Steph's like, I want to paint this door. And it is also starting to peel up, like it's flaking a bit. And so she, we went and got the scraper and like this stripping solution, put it on there. And that door had been painted five times. And then it's like, no wonder it's all starting to peel up and flake now. So Steph stripped it right down to the metal and then she painted it black and it actually looks really cool. But um, we had a gloss black front door in maryland and that door would get almost 150 degrees surface temperature (laughs) in the summer i bet oh i have burnt my uh butt cheek through my short (laughs) toasty buns you know you know like a the mailman or you when somebody comes to the door Mm -hmm. and the door's you know you're resting against your butt and you're like ah that's crazy yes we wouldn't have that problem because this is in the shade and we also don't get hot like Maryland gets hot. Speaking of hot, though, we had um, 
So our furnace motor died on, what day was it? Sunday night? Monday. And anyways, I didn't know what's wrong. Like this is an old, it's a mid-efficiency furnace. It's whatever. It's old. And I was like, oh, crumb. And so we'd, we'd go to kick on, like the just the furnace blower would blow the air conditioning. And it was just like, mm, the motor would start to spin and then slow down, slow down. I thought, oh, man. And um, so then I took it all apart and I was like, well, maybe it's a capacitor. Let's hope it's a capacitor. And so I went to check and I'm watching YouTube videos and you can measure the capacitance, but it has to be, you know, it always says on the capacitor plus or minus 6% or something. But then I didn't have, like I looked out in my multimeters and I've got a couple of them, but I didn't have one that measures capacitance. And so I was like, really? This is dumb. But then also kind of excited because it's an excuse to buy another tool. (laughs) So I went to uh, Home Depot and picked up uh, a little Klein one. And man, I like it. It is so nice. Like it's got a really nice, like a backlit display. So the screen looks black and the numbers are all white. And that is 10 times easier to read than my normal LCD that I have. And like the Fluke that I have, it was a, it's a good one, you know, and, and Fluke's about top of the line you can get. But this Klein one is so nice to use. I'm like, this is not bad at all. And it wasn't that much. Like, I think it was like, it's about a hundred bucks Canadian. But the cool thing is this has a, a thermal couple or whatever it is. What do, what do they call the thing? That measures temperature, but that's not a not a thermometer, but a thermal couple. Thermal couple, yeah, it could be it. Yeah, um, it's got that. You can plug right into it, and it will read from minus forty. Pyrometer. Pyrometer. That's, yes, pyrometer. It'll read from minus forty Fahrenheit to like two thousand two hundred, and I don't know how it can do that whatever it's made of i guess maybe just at the very end of it or something but it is so amazing how accurate it is like you'll you'll stick it i stick it under my armpit and then boom right away shows you my temperature like 89 or whatever it was take it out within like three seconds it's back to the air temperature and then i i got the anyways i it wasn't the capacitor the capacitor wasn't the problem it was the motor and so i had to you know take the whole thing apart take the motor out, take it off of these brackets. And then I went in, I found a really good supplier in the city and it was only 200 bucks for a new furnace motor and put it all back, blah, 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 different capacitor for that one and all this stuff, but got it working. And then it's so cool because before, you know, right when the AC would fire up, you'd have to stand there for a couple minutes and see if you could feel the temperature changing. And this, I put this little thermometer down the vent and it's like, you can, I can't feel it with my hands, but I can watch the numbers dropping. I'm like, yep, it's working, you know. It's kind of cool. Oh, man, I just about just about didn't hit the mute button in time for that sneeze. Whew. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's such a pain. Like, it took me like a day and a half between trying to find out. Like, there's no, I can't find a brand of this furnace. I think it's a carrier. But I can't, I can't say that for sure. And the biggest problem I had is that like the control board was like right in front of where the whole scroll cage, like the blower assembly slides out of. And there's a whole bunch of wires and I could not figure out how you get them undone. And just the way things were like, and I'm always one of these guys, like I've, I've ruined enough stuff by just 
oh, let's just yank harder on it, right? And then snap, you broke it. And especially I'm like, okay, if I know the problem is just the capacitor or just the motor. That's not a big deal to fix. Well, the capacitor I swapped out without taking the blower out because I can I could reach my arms in there. There's no way to get the motor out without pulling this whole assembly out. But I'm like, I don't want to just start yanking things and then breaking it. And then now I'm going to be looking at a new control board. And then this thing's probably 20 years old. So it's going to be a point where, nope, they don't make that anymore. You need to buy a new furnace. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, oh, I find those types of repairs the most annoying because I'm like, oh, there's this one, it was a whole bus of, of wires, probably like 15, 20 wires. And then it I ended up finding out that it, you did, it was like a, basically a plug. You plugged it in, but it was in there so tight. Like I had pulled, I had pulled, I had pulled. And I finally, I probably spent two hours on YouTube and I found a video and the guy says, these things are really hard to get out, but just use even pressure on all the wires. And he says, just reef on it as hard as you can. It will come out. And I'm like, phew, that's, that's what I was thinking about, but I didn't want to wreck anything. And sure enough, boom, I'm like, oh, easy, you know, but. It's like it took a, a eight a day and a half of mine trying to get our air conditioning back to working, and it's like ay ay ay. But and then the you know I get a service call they have they charge you for every kilometer they drive out here. Um, I mean it ended up costing me like two hundred thirty bucks in parts, day and a half, but probably would have spent I don't know how much this guy would have charged me, but. Anyways, it was nice to get our air conditioning back on because it was uh, it's like 87 inside the house. And I'm like, ugh, this is gross. But joys of an old house, hey? Yeah, I remember way back when um, changing furnace blower motors or whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, growing up in North Carolina, we had a lot of... Uh, like fuel oil okay. furnaces with a big blower. Anyway, and they were so cheap back then because there were so many of them. Um, it was cheaper if somebody said, hey, you know, my uh, my heater broke. My heater's not working. You ask them one or two little questions on the phone that anybody can answer. Um, you swing by those, pick up a motor on your way there, because it's cheaper, the cost of the motor and changing it was cheaper than charging them the full first hour of um, troubleshooting. Oh, wow. Which a lot of people did, even back then. Oh, it's going to be a one-hour minimum. Yeah. You know, no matter what's wrong. And there were so many times in the middle of the summer, the only problem is you go over there and flip the circuit breaker. Oh, wow. <laughs> but you'd sit there and... You know, again, back then, you, you, you're outside or under the house or wherever, and you're smoking a couple of cigarettes, just laying there. <laughs> yeah. You know what the problem is. Yeah. La, 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 la. <laughs> and I never did that, but the guy who was teaching me did that. Uh-uh. He's like, you know, I don't make the rule. I have to do this or I lose my job. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's stupid. Yeah. But it wasn't like it is now, you know, three hundred dollars an hour. You know, it was like twenty bucks, twenty five dollars an hour back then. Yeah. Which was probably today's version of three hundred. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I always wonder 
whether doing your own repairs like for for a lot of stuff yeah absolutely it's, it's cheaper like even like I, I even tell my kids like at the bare minimum do, change your own oil because they charge like a hundred dollars to do that for you they, they charge you a hundred bucks plus they mark up the oil and like i like mobile one full synthetic and i when it goes on sale canadian tire like it'll go 40 percent off i'll buy like 10 I'll, I'll buy a year's worth of oil changes at once and it's like so I can change my oil in my vehicles for like 40 bucks. And if I were to go there and get the exact same oil put in it, same filter, it's going to be $200. And it takes 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, like it's not a big deal. But then there's some things I'm like, I don't know. You know, reading that that Daniel Lappin's book, uh, Business Secrets from the Bible, talks about how uh, like Jewish people, they specialize and they find what they're good at and that's what they do. And they don't waste time, you know, like he said, if you go to a lot of Jewish neighborhoods in New York and stuff, you won't find them out there doing their own car repairs. They'll take it to their friend who's a mechanic and they'll pay him to do it because they spend their time doing the things they're good at that make them the most money. And I understand that concept too, right? Like, but there's also a point where it's like, well, no, you know, if, if you're not, you know, I don't have a job that pays me $300 an hour, you know, so the thing is I have mechanical aptitude and so maybe it's worth me like changing my own brakes and and stuff because it it literally saves me a lot of money but um well that yeah. and there's a, a a wholly different way of thinking particularly in New York Jewish communities as I understand it yeah you know, I'm not Jewish and I didn't grow up in New York but as I understand it though they like keeping as much of their neighborhood together as they can so yeah. that means keeping their money in their neighborhood with their people yeah so by specializing you have a member of your jewish community that's an auto mechanic mm -hmm. you know and he does that stuff and you have an electrician and a plumber and a this and a that and the other yeah and that kind of makes sense you know from from that's that way it used to be it. yeah you know you had a blacksmith exactly. you had a doctor you had a whatever Far yeah farmer yeah yeah, I know. The other part of it, too, is that I'm just curious. Like, I don't like it when something breaks and I don't know why or I don't know how. Like, it, that drives me nuts. And if for no other reason, and this is why if I had a daughter, I would be, from the time she's five, teaching her this stuff. I don't care if you ever do it, but I want you to know the mechanical theory and how to do it, or at least how it's done, so you don't get ripped off. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know how something works, you don't know what's wrong when it goes wrong. And they could, oh, yeah, you need a new engine. And all you needed was, you know, spark plugs. Yeah. Or, or and that seems like an extreme example, but it just happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a big lawsuit right now over it. Hmm. Where is that? Um, one of these nationwide uh, car mechanic stores. No, oh, okay. That you go to. And get work done in your car. Now, two of the spark bugs were broken, right? Yeah. These are blowed up because they've been in there for 130,000 miles in a car that wasn't well taken care of. But the only thing wrong with the car was the spark plugs. Mm. Because this individual was smart enough at some point in the process, or someone that knew them was smart enough at some point in the process um, to go... 
what's the core charge for this new engine? Because I want all my old stuff. I want the old engine. Mm-hmm. So they paid outright for the new engine, a new used engine to get thrown in there, kept the old one and watched the guy do all the work. So there was no undoing shenanigans mm-hmm. and then took it to a dealership um, in another state that was run by, or the a family member was a manager. Mm-hmm. service manager there and it wasn't like the next state over they had to go like a quarter of the way across the country and they're like oh no the only thing wrong is this you know so then they sued the other oh, wow. <clears throat> uh, store and the they're at the uh state appellate court right now huh. um trying to decide whether this should go federal under the Uniform Commercial Code. Yeah. But, and it should. Yeah. Um, But anyway. That's crazy. And there's some, somebody at this store, I don't know if it's the mechanic, the manager, some bystander. um, And I think it would have to be somebody that works in the office, but they got a hold of messaging uh, because whatever tablet they use to do the estimates, you can write notes on, and you can IM back and forth, mm. like from the office to the mechanic. Okay. And they were IMing about, you know, this chick is in here. How much money can we get? And, oh wow! You know, and they said it said, oh my, you know, at least one of these spark plugs are broken off in the block, and they came like that. Um, there was you know horrible misfires. It wasn't even running. Uh, by the time it got there and they're like, Oh yeah, she needs an engine. And it wasn't the mechanic that said that it was the service writer that was saying, Oh no, I'm telling you, she needs an engine. We need the money. Yeah. That's crazy. And then they got a used engine, told her it was remanned. And this is where the uniform commercial code comes in and why it should be a federal case at that level, because they sold her a used engine from a reputable but still salvage yard, right? Mm-hmm. And they told her it was a remand engine from, oh, God, what's the name of that company that does all the transmissions and engines? Um, no. it, it doesn't matter. Not Delco, no. I can't think of yeah. it, but they, um, it's not important. Hmm. Yeah. But they told her it's one thing, sold her something else <clears throat> on top of, uh, what she didn't need. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. And now, you know, they've got the, uh, uh, communications back and forth that they were only doing this to rip her off because she was a woman and they said she didn't know. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Oh no. People like that need to be um, taken out and beat with a knotted plow line. Yeah. But anyway. Yep. No, and if you, anybody out there has ever been hit with a knotted plow line, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I don't even. I have once. And, uh, what what even is a knotted plow line? It's a plow line, just a like a leather rope. Okay. 
and with a big knot in it. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, fun, fun. It felt like getting hit with a hammer. Oh, I imagine. Uh, It was even an accident that I got hit. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. And I don't know why it is when you get hit with stuff like that. It's always right near your kidney and the part of your back you can't reach. And Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> right on. Well, I should probably get to work. Don't think those knives are going to finish themselves. Unfortunately. No. But I picked up some. Have you ever heard of LG Hansen and Sons? Or GL Hansen and Sons? They make micarta. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I picked up some of their G card or crazy fiber, whatever it is. I forget, but I think I might use that on something I got going here. I got a couple of slivers and then a couple of pen knives, but then that stuff is, they do good stuff. Like the quality I'm impressed with, like this looks like they basically took a bunch of rags and they come up with a color theme and they just kind of squiggle and stack it in a pile and then press it. And it is tight. Like it is like the fibers are tight. It's just, it's crazy stuff. I'm actually super impressed with the quality of it so far. Uh, I just bought one set of scales. I thought I'll give these a try just for fun, but man, they're pretty neat. So hopefully I don't wreck them. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't wreck them. Yeah. That's the bolt. That's I, the goal. I still want to make denim micarta. Yeah. From old uh, blue jeans. Mm-hmm. There's a one gentleman, Sharp Carpenter, Rodney, he's in Ontario, and he stabilized wood, I buy some stabilized wood from him, and he always sends me just a little extra something, something, so he sent me a little cube of denim micarta that he makes, and this is probably about an inch cubed in size, but then like for about a quarter inch of the layers, he takes a whole bunch of copper filings and sprinkles them in between the layers of denim, and it looks so cool, so... When you clean it all up, you've got this denim and then these little like little sparkles of carp of of copper in it. Like it's pretty neat. It's cool stuff. But always a million rabbit holes you can go down, hey, when you're making stuff. Oh yeah. That's and you a, just scroll down through Instagram and steal other people's ideas. And, that's right. <laughs> uh, oh wait, nobody does that. Never mind. No. Right on. <clears throat> oh, my. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. It was uh, another good show. Absolutely. And uh, thanks to all the listeners. Hopefully, you all enjoyed it. And if you don't, we don't care. That's an hour and 10 <laughs> minutes I stole from you. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right, suckers. <laughs> no. Right oh, on. this is our 99th show. Yes. So, next week. We got to come up with something big for next week mm-hmm. or not. Uh, look, we released our first episode on December 24th, 2020. Actually, next uh, next episode will be our 100, and I have downloaded a static soundtrack. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times. Right on. Well, we'll see you all next week, hopefully next week, for the 100th episode. See y'all later.